afternoon. Rob Port on the Rob Report here on WDAY. In a moment, going to be talking with State Senate candidate Jim Roars. He's a Republican running for the Senate District 46 against Democratic candidate George Sinner. Also coming up later in the program, I'm going to be talking with uh, State Senator Judy Lee, who uh, opposes Measure 4. That's the 400% increase in uh, tax on North Dakota's tax on cigarettes. It's on the statewide uh, measure. She doesn't think there's enough accountability for that money. We'll talk with her at uh, at 1.30. Uh, plus your phone call, 701-293-9000, And uh, I, I promise we're not going to talk about the Dakota Access Pipeline. seems like that's the only thing uh, we've had on the show here for the past week or so. And uh, it's, it's tough. I mean, it's the biggest story in the state. There's kind of no getting away from it. Uh, I will say today, though, uh, on the blog, some comments from Governor Dalrymple sound pretty hopeful. Um, he is saying that it, it sounds like construction of the pipeline, uh, at, at, at least in the areas outside of, of the core land where pres- the Obama administration currently has that uh, sort of roadblocked. Uh, but outside of that, it sounds like construction in North Dakota is going to be done um, this week. Uh, Governor Dalrymple saying on Friday, uh, within days, that's up on the blog if you want to check that out. Uh, but boy, would that be good news with winter coming with no active construction to protest. Maybe some of these protesters will, will go home. Uh, they've made their point. Boy, law enforcement deserves a break. I think the people of South Central North Dakota deserve a, a, a break. Um, it'd be nice if that just went away for a while. Um, I have no problem with people opposing the pipeline. I don't agree with it, but hey, First Amendment, we're all entitled to our point of views, but. It's just gotten out of control out there. I think maybe it's time to get that back on the rails and, and give it a give it a break for a while, which is what we're going to do here on the show. So now we're going to talk with uh, Republican candidate for District 46, Jim Roars. Mr. Roars, welcome to the program. Thanks for your time. You bet. I'm here. Rob, can you hear me okay? Rob? Yeah, I can certainly hear you just fine. Uh, I think we got – yeah, I, I think we have a little bit of a delay, but uh, I can certainly hear you uh, just fine. And uh, I wanted I wanted to ask you uh, you last ran for this seat uh, back in 2012. You uh, you lost to the incumbent George Sinner by uh, about a little over 300 votes. What what's changed? What what makes you think that the voters of District 46 are going to go to you for you this time when they didn't last time? Oh, I think what changed, Rob, is the fact that we were not on our game the last time that I ran for office. And we, we uh, see, I had been appointed, if you recall, I had been appointed when the late Tom Fisher passed away. And uh, I had been in office for seven months. So I was literally the incumbent, thinking that uh, that would carry a lot of uh, name recognition, and it didn't. And so uh, this time we've, we've uh, gotten on our game plan a little bit earlier. And, uh, the, you know, the Sinner name uh, from his father back in the 80s carried a lot more uh, name recognition than we gave it credit. So, so that's why. You know, during the um, during the the last legislative session, there was a very you know one of the hot button issues was reform to the state's oil tax code. Democrats didn't like it. Uh, Republicans, in fact, I think every all but one of the Republicans in the state legislature uh, voted for the reform. There were a couple of Democrats who voted for it as well. Uh, Senator Sinner was was one of the people who who was vehemently opposed to it. And in what I thought was probably one of the one of the most depressing um, spectacles of the legislative session, maybe most illustrative of, you know, a lot of the problems we have with partnerships, 
partisanship in in politics today was you know he, he actually in a in a a caucus meeting with his fellow Democrats wanted to strip uh, the, the the committee assignments away from uh, State Senator Connie Triplett, State Senator uh, Democrat from up in Grand Forks, because she was working with Republicans uh, to improve the legislation. When I heard that, I was so disappointed in that, you know, Senator Sinner would want to attack somebody, a, a fellow Democrat, a member of his own caucus, for working with Republicans. Uh, is, I mean, is, is that the sort of thing? I mean, do you see that as a problem as well, that, that sort of just sort of rank partisanship in, in, in politics today? Well, I think that's extremely uh, evident with the individual you're talking about, that he's not willing to work across the aisles. Uh, I also find, as a businessman, how in the world you could not support this removing of the triggers uh, strategy to to stabilize the revenue stream from the oil tax receipts. And, you know, to date, we would be over $300 million less in the coffers if George Sinner had won the uh, won his position and let the triggers go into play. We would be over 300 and some million dollars down right now. How can any person in their right business mind say that's not a good deal? We should we should have did what we did. Seven zero one two nine three nine thousand. If you want to join the program, eight 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 nine seven zero nine three two nine. North Dakota's come through a, a little bit of a, a rough patch with um, with the budget. You know, we had certainly lots of money flowing in during the peak of the oil boom years, but a lot of that activity has fallen off. We've had some tough sledding in the ag sector. North Dakota's economy has slowed. Revenues have slowed with it. Democrats have pounced on it. They said Republicans have mismanaged the budget. You're running as a Republican. Do you agree with that? Could Republicans have handled it differently? And how would you address this situation going forward? Well, I would say absolutely we did not mismanage it. A lot of the excess funding that was, uh, the monies that were spent were one-time spending initiatives. Uh, we've done tremendous amounts of work in the western part of North Dakota. We have seen bypasses, uh, sewage treatment plants, water plants, all kinds of in- infrastructure put into place that was needed. And therefore, obviously, it cost more money to do that. I think the, the Republican-led legislature is going to go back to work, take a look at where we were. In my business model, I'd go back to where was it when we were, our budget was balanced. For instance, go back to 2009-11 and evaluate where we were there and decide what we need to cut to get back to those numbers because that's about where the revenues are going to fall. So it, it's not that difficult, Rob. It's like it's like running a business every day of the year. You just got to live within your means, and we will know what our means are. If it, if it was because I, I hear that a lot from Republicans that it was one-time spending, but if it was one-time spending, why do we have to do budget cuts, right? I mean, clearly it was more than just one-time spending because one-time spending, once you've spent it, it's not in the budget anymore. So I mean, it was because of the fact we do have to reduce our budget back down to like you said, and and I, I do think you make a good point. Revenues are certainly significantly higher than they were in a, in pre oil boom cycles, although we're down from the peak of the oil boom. Um, but you know, obviously the budget. I mean, it was more to it than just one time spending, wasn't there? 
You know, yes, I'm sure there was some that was more to it, but again, that's what I would say is you go back and you identify the areas where we have increased spending and get back to where we were when the revenues were, were uh, when the balance, the budget was balanced. I mean, it's, this is not that tough. I, I, yes, you, you could say that it was more than one-time spending, but let's identify that and deal with it. Do you feel like what's what's as as you run for 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 election to this office what what do you feel is the biggest challenge facing the state of North Dakota and and you know specifically I guess from the perspective of the people of district 46 if you're elected what what's your top priority Well <laughs> You asked two questions there, and I'm going to answer the one about District District 46. Uh, right in our backyard here, uh, the number one thing in my estimation is to complete the diversion. We need permanent flood control, and I think that is the biggest issue for 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 our district. Um, obviously, then to continue to grow our economy, jobs, education, we need to continue those sectors so that we can we continue to see the Fargo, Moorhead, Red River Valley area grow as it has. We live in the most productive city in the state of North Dakota. We need to make sure we stay that way. 701-293-9000 if you want to join the program. 888-970-9329. I've got to take a break. Are you uh, you good, Jim, to hold over? Not a problem. I'll stay as long as you need me. All right. Well, we're going to take a break. and We'll be back. Uh, you can email me, too. Talk at WDAY.com. We'll be right back. Don't go away. I feel so low Welcome back. This is the Rob Report here on WDAY. Your phone number is 701-293-9000. is your toll-free number. You can email me to talk at WDAY.com. Or heck, even send me a tweet at Rob Port. Uh, talking with uh, businessman Jim Roars. He's running for the state senate in District 46. How's the campaign going, Jim? It's going good, uh, Rob. It's going really good. We've been, uh, you know, hitting the streets hard, uh, getting a lot of support. I'm, I'm feeling pretty good about it right now. Your opponent, uh, as I'm reading some of the letters to the editor and, and some of the social media messaging that's going on out there, uh, your opponent and his supporters say you don't understand the people of District 46. You're disconnected. You're just some rich businessman. You don't understand what the people need. How do you respond to that? How do I respond to that, Rob? It's like, uh, what, what is this, what is he talking about? I've been running a business here for over 40 years. I hire hundreds of people. I've, I've literally do millions of dollars worth of business, and now he feels that I'm not in touch. I, I don't understand how you can say that because uh, what has George Sinner done for the people of District 46? Nothing. Yeah, I don't know. He works in a bank. He, he, he doesn't do anything. We create jobs. We, we, we invest money. We're just, I mean, there, there's just no comparison to what George Center has done for our district in comparison to what we have done, not only for the district, but the entire community of Fargo-Moorhead. So, yeah, I, you, that's an unfounded you, claim. I mean, I, I just don't even know how to respond to such a 
you know, such a ridiculous statement about myself. So, Do you get the sense that he has been a little bit reluctant in terms of, of his political career? And, and I'm thinking back, obviously, uh, midway through his term, he ran for the United States Congress against a Republican incumbent, Kevin Kramer. Uh, he lost that race by a pretty wide margin. He was very slow to get into that race. I mean, very, I mean, it was, we were months into the election year, uh, when typically that sort of a campaign is, is announced even the year before. Um, was, was very, very slow at getting into that race. And then even this cycle was, was very slow, I, I think, in even announcing whether or not he would run for reelection. I, I think a lot of people thought it was unusual that he hadn't confirmed on the record whether or not he was even running. Do you sense a guy who's, who's, I don't know. I mean, when, when I, when I hear Mr. Sitter talk, I, I hear he sounds almost morose. I mean, he sounds almost, uh, like, like his heart's not really in this. Do you detect that as well? Very much so. Very much so, Rob. You know, I think when we have used the term career politician, that's what we're talking about. You know, his heart doesn't seem to really be with District 46. He wants a statewide position or a position that he can hang his hat on year after year. And you hit it right on the head. His his after being in office for only two years, he runs for a for a, um, a national position. You know, the house the house representative against Kevin and then this this whole uh, the, at the Democratic convention he went through the entire convention and didn't declare that he was running for district 46 because it appeared as though he was looking for a statewide appointment to which he didn't get so yeah it it is uh, it's very you know very unusual and we think that he wants to be a career politician he wants to be somebody maybe even the governor of North Dakota someday. 701-293-9000-888-970-9329. Hot button issue in the last legislative session, Senate Bill 2279. Uh, it was an anti-discrimination bill, really divided, um, not just not, not just along partisan lines, but, but really divided the legislature in a lot of ways, although it, it lost by a wide margin ultimately. Uh, there were Republicans and, and Democrats on both sides of the issue. How, how would you have voted on that? I mean, obviously, it's it's a piece of legislation that that got the public's you know a lot of interest from the public. If you had been in office at the time, how would you have voted on that legislation? I would not have been in favor of any type of di- discrimination. Uh, I'm I'm absolutely you know 100 percent about the fact that we don't need to discriminate, but I'm not in favor of creating new classes of people that create more regulation, more burden upon uh, society and and business owners. We manage and we own and manage a lot of properties, uh, you know, uh, multifamily properties as well as commercial properties. And we have enough regulations that we have to contend with, much less adding more to it. So, uh, again, I'm not a, I'm not about discrimination in any shape or form. But this bill was more than discrimination. How do you, uh, as a Republican, and, and and I think a lot of people say that you know the, the the Red River Valley, Fargo in particular, is a place that, in terms of its politics, are are moving far, moving to the left, really. And I, I think maybe that's a trend that you could probably demonstrate using election results and perhaps some other data over the last several years. As a Republican, in a Fargo, I, I think that is very much changing. How do you articulate that Republican, limited government, conservative message in that sort of an environment? 
Well, I think um, when I, the last election, 2012, I would have agreed with you a little bit more than I would today. Uh, our studies are showing that the people in the, in the eastern part, in our, in our area of the state here, are leaning more conservative again. So um, to say that we are liberal is not, is not true. To say that we're ultra-conservative is not true, but we are more conservative than we were four years ago. Interesting. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, I, I'd be interested in seeing the data on that because that, that doesn't quite, uh, I guess that doesn't line up with how I've perceived it, but who knows? I mean, it's, uh, it's certainly a very odd, uh, very odd election here on the national level and, uh, and locally. You know, by the way, that's another thing that, that, uh, Democrats have been, uh, hitting Republicans on is obviously we have a very controversial character at the top of the Republican ticket this cycle. Donald Trump, what are your feelings about Mr. Trump? <laughs> You're trying to. Uh, I I have to say it's I, in my door knocking, all the door knocking that I've done. I think it's the most talked about issue. I I think everybody feels that it's the it's the lesser of two evils we have to choose from, right? And right. so it's it's one of those things. I think it's going to be a very interesting election process because of the fact that. People are all afraid to take a position publicly, but at the end of the day, they're going to have to vote when they get in the voting booth. So it's it's going to be a tough one. But, you know, again, I, I focus more on, um, you know, what's happening right here in our state and, and take a look at the Burgum, yeah. res, the, the Burgum run. That truly said to the people of North Dakota, we appreciate businessmen, we appreciate people with with uh, strong business uh, experience and and uh, you know knowledge. So that that's that's what I'm focusing on. Jim, thank you for your time. Appreciate it. Okay, thank you, Rob. Appreciate the time. Thank you. That's Jim Roars, Republican, running for the state Senate in District 46. I'm going to reach out to uh, Mr. Sinner, see if we can't get him on the program as well. More to come straight ahead. State Senator Judy Lee is going to be on about Measure 4. Your phone number is 701-293-9000, 888-970-9329. Email talk at WDAY.com. Don't go away. Report here on the Rob Report on WDAY 701-293-9000 is your local number toll free number 888-970-9329 email talk at WDAY.com if you like or uh, hey you can tweet me too at Rob Port um, before we get to our guest Senator Judy Lee and uh, it's I got uh, pictures you know we were talking uh, on the program about the uh, Dakota Access Pipeline protesters and the dog kennels they were put in and we had a hey, caller you- yesterday who who insisted that that they they were in like molded plastic like like the the ones like if you're going to take your dog um out hunting you know, somewhere yes. out hunting and uh, yeah which sounds awful if we're jamming people in those things uh, a caller claimed I got pictures of them You know what they look like chain link uh, fence holding areas Yeah because yeah, those were the much. only pictures I could find yesterday were the chain link fenced holding areas That's all they are 
good. Yeah, I got them. Great. I got them directly from Morton County. That's all they are. I mean, they're just they're just a little high. not uh, the sort of thing that you would maybe use to kennel a large dog. You know, maybe something you'd build in your yard, uh, perhaps. Uh, not at all an unreasonable place to house people temporarily uh, arrested at a riot while authorities process them. Uh, seems like a perfectly uh, reasonable solution to me, but I don't know. Maybe the protesters exaggerated. I don't know. I think maybe they did. Probably. All right, let's go to uh, <laughs> let's go to State Senator Judy Lee, uh, who uh, has got a, a problem with Measure Four. She wrote a uh, uh, a letter to the editor uh, a week or so back. Uh, she said there uh, the headline of the letter is no accountability with Measure Four. Uh, she says, I quote, increasing the tobacco taxes called for in ballot measure four may look good, good to many people at first glance. Why not raise the tobacco tax in North Dakota? Uh, but she continues, the money is raised. Uh, the money which is raised will not go to tobacco use prevention cessation. Uh, and that's a good thing. North Dakota is already number one in spending per capita for those purposes and the only state which fully funds recommendations for the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. In fact, the total federal and state funding provided to addressing risky behaviors in North Dakota, including tobacco use, is $144 million in the current biennium. Um, Senator Lee, so you think Measure 4 is a bad idea? Yes, I do. And please make it I want to make it extremely clear that I have been very involved with behavioral health efforts <clears throat> for many years, as well as services to veterans. So I, I think the intention here of where the money would go is not a bad thought, but it should be separated from this tobacco tax because of the lack of uh, planning that is in, that, in, in the measure. And, of course, as you know, an initiated measure cannot be changed by the legislature for seven years after it's passed unless there is a two-thirds vote of both houses. And legislators are always reluctant to overturn something quickly that the voters have just approved. So it, it really is a problem because there isn't, there isn't any, um, any information in the bill at all about how funding would be procured, how it's going to be distributed, a plan for how they're going to decide where it goes. There is no review. There is no approval process by either by any elected official, uh, and there's and there's no cap on administrative costs. All of those things are just sort of details left to two committees of volunteers, and that's not a good thing, in my opinion. Seven zero one two nine three nine thousand eight 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 nine seven zero nine three two nine. Email talk at wday dot com. Talking with State Senator Judy Lee about Measure Four. You know, Senator, one of the one of the things that bothered me a little bit is is when they crafted the the, the measure directing the revenue towards veterans i i think was a political play i, I think it was something they wanted to pick a you know a direction for the money that a lot of people would agree with because i don't think there's i don't think there's a lot of opposition out there uh for making sure that our, our veterans are adequately cared for but here's what worries me a little bit about the way it does it uh is is we're tying the 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 revenue we're, we're tying the funding to revenue close that the state is simultaneously spending a lot of money, as you indicated, over 144 million on on combating, you know, quote unquote, risky behavior in this biennium alone. That the state is spending a lot of money trying to get people to quit. Uh, it seems to me that if we're going to fund veterans, we should pick a, a more stable revenue stream than than tobacco taxes. Well, I might even have another suggestion or thought on that, I should say, and that is if we end up dedicating and and actually this says that we can't use it 
instead of some of the funds that currently are being used to provide services to veterans or for uh, counseling and all of the kinds of treatments for behavioral health and substance abuse, another very important issue about which people are extremely aware now, if, if we take it away from the general fund area, which is what the legislature does a, lot, a big part of its budgeting uh, using, then if those tobacco taxes really are effective in being reduced in reducing smoking, then those services are going to be reduced also, and we'll have to make them up again with general funds. You're probably not old enough to remember when we went through Measure 6 a long time ago, but when we had dedicated taxes from oil in the last oil boom to education, and then the oil revenue went away, it took us years to get back into the general fund formula the, uh, the amount of support that we needed to put into K-12 education, and we're, we're way past that now. But, it, you know, you've taken it out of the big pot, and you're moving it over here, and now that, that little pot of money is going down because, it, guess what, it's working. People aren't smoking as much. I don't want anybody to smoke. I never did. I don't want anybody else to. But you, you're moving it. The other thing I don't is, want, uh, yeah. Go ahead. No, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to... Go ahead. Oh well, well, no, well, no. That's that's fine. I was I was gonna make a point. I don't I don't want anybody to smoke either. Um, I I sort of have a libertarian outlook that if people want to choose it, you know, uh, if if you want to as gig, an adult yeah. make an informed decision to, uh, to it's it's it's. Uh, that being said, I mean, would you support if if, it, if we weren't talking about Measure Four, if we were just talking about the concept of raising the tobacco tax on its own? Is that something you would support? I believe I did vote for a small increase in the tobacco tax in the last session because I think we do need to be comparable to where our neighboring states are. I'm a little wishy-washy about the whole thing. That was the first time I had I had done that. But I'm a whole lot more likely to support that than I am something that I hate dedicated dollars because there's just not enough consideration of what other money is already in play in that purpose uh, for which it's intended. So I, I think it would have been a little more honest if it had just come forward as an increase in the tobacco tax, and then people could have voted on the tobacco tax without being distracted, in a way, by the fact that the purposes are honorable. They are. I want to be able to fund adequately services to veterans and certainly services to behavioral health and substance abuse because we're, we're struggling there as well. But it's, uh, we're going into a session where our funding is going to be limited. And, and if there's going to be another 70 to 120 million, let's round it at 100 million here, that's two groups that are basically going to get $50 million a year. So let's round that to a million dollars a week. A million dollars a week that is going to be handled by boards which are volunteers. In fact, the one that is dealing with behavioral health, all good people, Absolutely. But that council was put in place in order to comply with the federal requirements for administering a federal grant that was received to fund certain behavioral health services. And this advisory group, by federal rule, has to be majority uh, volunteers, consumers, and so forth, not providers within the state system. So it's a group of volunteers who meet four times a year, and aside from getting their mileage paid, there, there's, no, there's, there's no structure. You know, the, the whole budget for the, the Department of Human Services Division of Behavioral Health, the whole budget is $20 million. So here we've got another $50 million coming in, and there is no, no plan for 
How are you going to receive it? How, what are you going to do with it? How do you decide who gets it? How does it, it isn't required that they consider what's going on in the department already for services. They might pay people more that are being paid in comparable work currently. That means there's going to be a shift of workers from one place to another at a time when our workforce is skinny. You know, we, we're, we have wonderfully low unemployment. Uh, but it, it's really so complicated, and, so, and Senator, it's, let me, it's let me, hard to deal with it. Yeah. Yeah, let's let's uh, we got a caller on the line. Jim's got a question for you. Go ahead, Jim. Uh, hi, Judy. Say uh, it's a little off topic, but it, it does pertain to you and, and uh, what you do. Uh, you know, I'm a healthcare worker, and mm-hmm. over the last few years, we've seen just increasingly more violent incidences in the healthcare setting, you know, hospitals, emergency departments, oh, and yeah. such. You know, uh, law enforcement. EMS first responders, they're all covered that it's a felony if you were to uh, you attack or assault those people. But nurses in the hospital in the emergency department, they're not covered under that. So people come in the hospital and, for whatever reason, seem to think that, you know, it's okay that they can attack a health care worker and get away with it. How do we change the law so we make it a felony to attack a health care worker in North Dakota? And I'd like to see that in the next session. Well, it's certainly all right, thanks, to introduce Jim. a bill about that. And I, as I recall vaguely... There was something in the Judiciary Committee that was similar to that last time, and, and it, it didn't pass. I think it something was – anyway, let's, let's assume we're starting over here. If you would be willing to send an email to me as a little reminder, I will not only have your contact information to respond, uh, and my email is jlee at nd.gov, all lowercase letters. But that way I'll have your email, right, and j- I can send back to you what I – get as a little history of the legislative council sure. and we can we can see what we might be able to do because yeah, i used to work in a hospital i understand how much tougher it's gotten absolutely that email is j lee at nd.gov senator thank you so much for your time certainly appreciate it appreciate the call that's senator uh, judy lee i'm rob port you're listening to the rob report we'll be right back your phone number 701-293-9000-888-970-9329 don't go away Somebody uh, vandalized the state capitol in Bismarck. A uh, spokesman for the North Dakota Highway Patrol says uh, a case of vandalism. I'm reading, by the way, from a Mike Nowatzki report. Uh, says a case of vandalism involving oil poured on the state capitol on Halloween night appears to be related to the Dakota Access Pipeline protest. Uh, as those responsible left a sign saying, you can't drink oil. Uh, a popular refrain among the protesters. Lieutenant Tom Iverson, who, by the way, was on this program yesterday, uh, said a decent amount of motor oil was poured on the sidewalk, limestone walls, and windows at about 9.32 p.m. Uh, around the entrance of the legislative wing on the west side of the complex. That would, If you see the Capitol, that would be uh, where you see the, the, the steps going up the front of the Capitol, be right in that area. Uh, security footage showed a vehicle with two people dressed in black carrying motor oil the so- and the sign, patrol said. Uh, the incident remains... Under investigation, you know, it's too bad. If it, if it was protest, I, I mean, I, it could be a hoax. It could be somebody framing the protesters. That's not outside the realm of possibility. But if it was the protesters, you know, that crap just hurts your credibility. It really does. Hey, thanks for listening. Remember, you can catch me here on The Rob Report, 1 to 2 p.m. 
Monday through Friday or 24 hours a day, seven days a week at SayAnythingBlog.com. Thanks for listening. We'll talk again. I don't know you a thing, baby. I don't know you a thing.